0: Good morning, good evening, good day, and welcome to Drama Buds. I'm Francine, I really love K-dramas, and I'm going to spend as much time as I want talking about them. Welcome to my podcast. So hello everyone. On today's episode, we're going to talk about you know, a K-drama that in my opinion is just one of the best out there. Like, in the modern era of, you know, post-2013 or whatever, like, this is the best of the best. And, it wasn't just good, it was good enough to get another season. So, yes, if if you've read the title, we're talking about Stranger 1 and Stranger 2, also known as Secret Forest. And like, A little background on me, obviously. um, I'm (laughs) I'm not very good at keeping up with things, especially if it's like a mystery type show. I also have like a short attention span. Like sometimes the shows that I end up liking, I don't even expect that I would end up liking them. But this show I ended up loving, despite the fact that I couldn't understand it some of most of the time. And I had to watch with someone, with my sister as usual, just, just to understand things. And um yeah, like for the longest time I've avoided watching this show because it looks boring and it looks so serious. It's just like I'm not saying, you know, I like comedies in general or rom-coms. I mean, you know, in general, I do lean towards the more serious side. I yeah, definitely. But this just seemed too boring and too dark for me. And it didn't seem like a thriller type... Well, I was wrong. (laughs) But I digress. This... I really did not expect that I would be so invested in this show. But alas, here we are. So yeah, you know, it looks boring and too serious. And it's a mystery show. So you really might not understand what's going on most of the time. But I swear... If you just stick with the show and just trust the writer, the journey is worth it. So for the purposes of this review, I guess, um, it's a mystery. So I'm really hesitating on like, should I, you know, reveal as much? Or am I making this episode, this podcast for people who haven't watched the show because i feel like in my in my other episodes it's like yeah it's a character journey i guess so it's okay to spoil some of the milestones and events in their lives that lead to their development but with here it's a mystery and i feel like if i spoil it oh it just ruins everything so i don't want to spoil much but i will talk about like the main characters and like per season some of the characters that i personally loved and like what should you expect in both of the seasons and you know in general why it's it's worth watching so yeah just with that disclaimer that i will try not to spoil much but i will try to convince you to the very best of my ability to watch this show because it's so 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 good so here's a one sentence summary of the entire show both seasons A prosecutor and a detective team up to solve a murder mystery. There, that's essentially, that is essentially what happens in both seasons of the show. So you know what? Let's just describe those two because they're the ones who really matter. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying the others don't matter. Don't trust anyone. Don't overlook any character here, okay? You never know what their involvement is in this entire web of... Mysteries and what. Okay, so <laughs> our first character is Wang Shimok, played by Sung Wu. The man, the myth, the legend himself. <laughs> so, uh, Wang Shimok is the prosecutor in the show. Um, when he was a child, he was easily overstimulated. I think by by certain frequencies of sound. There's like a there's a medical term for it, but I forgot and I didn't research on it. So yeah, because he's hyper overstimulated, hypersensitive. Uh, he often had like painful headaches and like would i say anger issues but like because he was easily um overstimulated he would want people to stop so people um yeah interpreted those as anger issues and so um to treat that they cut out a part of his brain I there's a, I they mentioned it in the show, which once again I forgot, and I don't know which episodes start looking. But they just cut out a part of his brain that prevents essentially those episodes from happening and reduces his headaches. Um, but because of that, the part that they cut out, um, he lost like his sense of empathy and his desires, I guess. And in general, because he lacks empathy, he also now lacks social skills. So that's how he, you know, grew up in society. So he's just highly intelligent though. He's very objective since he doesn't have, like, personal desires or any agenda or, you know, desire to be greedy or selfish. So, yeah, intelligence plus objectivity makes him a great prosecutor, right? That's that's a pretty good uh, career path for someone like that. Um, He's good at this job, yeah, but he's tactless, you know? Like, people aren't aware of his past, his history, and, like, the surgery that he went through. So people just think, yeah, you're good, you're a great prosecutor, sure, but you're tactless and you don't know how to get along with people. So, you know, he's really not going to rise up in a system that highly involves like favors and you know helping each other out quote unquote so yeah he doesn't get tied up in like the corruption of the system but because of that he doesn't (laughs) i mean no matter how good he is how upright he is and objective um he doesn't have like the connections to rise up in the system there And you know he has no social skills. He has no connections. He has no friends. Like he knows he's going to live a lonely life. But like since he doesn't have any feelings or desires or anything, like to him he's just like yes, I'm going to be lonely forever, and he feels nothing about that, which is why he's oh such a fascinating human being. (laughs) Wang Shimok. Anyway. So, uh, but even if, like, they already did that surgery to cure his headaches, like, sometimes he still has those episodes where, like, his brain, you know, his ears explode. Not explode, but, like, there's this loud ringing sound and he can't stop it. And it's just, like, a painful splitting headache type. And he, like, passes out even because of the pain. So, like, the theory is, I think this was also, like, explicitly mentioned in the show is that you know he still feels emotions very slightly and when it becomes extreme that's when those episodes are triggered and you know because he doesn't like he feels those emotions so so like slightly just very little emotions um he also doesn't know how to express them anymore so that's kind of how he ended up as the person that he is so that's Wang Shimok in a nutshell, essentially, at the start of the show. Um, our next character is uh, Han Yojin, played by Beiduna, the queen. <laughs> the queen herself? Okay. So uh, Han Yojin is a homicide detective. I think she's the only woman in her division or in her station. So it's not like she's you know actively discriminated upon for being a woman working in the field. You know, it's not like, oh, you're a woman. You can't run. You can't catch culprits. It's not like that, you know, but it's still a male dominated world that she's living in. So, you know, you deal with it. Like, people still, you know, respect her and they trust her opinions and then her insights and everything. Like, it's not like that, but, you know, it's still there. It's still there. Like, the bias is still kind of there. All right um you know despite like the bleakness of her job you know being a homicide detective and solving murders (laughs) and stuff like she's still a cheerful warm and compassionate person like she still holds on to that warmth despite how bleak you know the world she lives in is like, i remember this specific incident this one i'll spoil it because it's just a character thing but like sh- um the victim the very first victim had like an old mother yeah her, her his mother was old already and like she lived in the house where his body was found and so like um yojin like took in the victim's mother after seeing that she was going to go home to the house where her son died like that's terrible and so she did it in a very like how do you say it it's like she um she shoehorned her way into dragging that mother into her home you know it's like you will have no choice in this but in a very like warm way you know it's like i know i know you um old lady will not ask will not say anything about it. But I will take the initiative to drag you out of that situation and give you like, and then, you know, not let you be alone in such a painful time in your life. Right? That's such a, like, she. no one needed to tell her to do that. Like, you know, even the victim's mother did not need to say anything, but it was her initiative to, you know, bring her in and take care of her somehow. I just I just love that. I love that moment. That she she didn't have to say anything. Like she didn't have to say, Oh, I'm doing this to, you know, to make sure you're not lonely, to make sure you're not living in the space, the house where your son died. Like she didn't say anything. She just dragged her in. Like, no, you're coming with me, you're gonna stay at my home. Just like that. I, I love Han Yojin's like warmth and all. And she's such a weird person. Like her house, her uh, her rooftop apartment or whatever it's like full of like comics and like bad drawings and she just does whatever she wants you know it's like I don't know usually I hate characters who are like cheerful oh my god I can't believe I'm saying this I hate cheerful people you know I hate cheerful characters I hate it when they're you know happy despite everything that's going on in their life like no 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 it's not like that I hate I hate it when it feels like, you know, their cheerfulness is like one dimensional. It's like it's all that you are. But with with Yoojin, I don't know. I'm just this is just a biased statement. Okay, let me be. But like, she's old. You know, she's in her late 30s. She's like four. Yeah, she's in her late 30s by the time of Stranger. It's like It's her choice to be cheerful and to be weird and to, you know, do whatever she wants despite the darkness in her life. Like, it's not just, you know, I'm cheerful and naive about it. She's cheerful because, you know, she already lives in such a dark world and in such a dark, like... (laughs) It's not industry, but, like, her job, like, what she does for a living is really bleak. And, like, it's so easy to, like, lose your humanity and... Your optimism, but it's her choice to hold on to that and still be good at her job and to not let that optimism get into the way of what she does, like as a detective. So I just I just love that about her. I love Han Yojin's like cheerfulness. And like, you know, in contrast to Shimok, since they're, of course, like the two people you see all the time. It's like she's such a warm and friendly person, and she actually has social skills but you know similar to shimok she doesn't care much about like social graces and how that leads to you know like corruption and special treatment and how like that police prosecution corruption works how their systems are kind of like being eaten away by corruption especially if it's in the way of the truth so that's what they both have in common it's like I know your social graces, and I will follow them, sure, but if it's in the way of the truth, if it's, like, hiding something, if it's protecting people that sh- have done something wrong, then I will not care about whatever, you know, social norms and systems you've put in place. So, yeah, they're a perfect team in that way. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Trust me, I will not forget about them. Okay. You know, other characters are great. Like, really, really, they are. I could say so much about them. But, you know, sometimes, like, their characters are just so so tied, so intertwined with the plot. And so, it's just difficult to say anything about them without spoiling much about the plot. So, I will refrain. I'll talk about them later if I find a way to insert them without spoiling anything. So now I'll discuss like the plot of season one. Okay, so Wang Shimok is tasked to prosecute a murder case. And he makes like this bold promise to the public on a TV show that he will find the true culprit in two months. Uh, Everyone's just like why did you say two months? Why did you give yourself such a strict timetable? But okay, Wang Shimok, you do you. And you know, eventually he investigates more and more, like he uncovers more corruption in the prosecution, like in his his workplace. Yeah. And in the entire system that they've put in place. And so um, he is tasked to form a special investigation team to like root out that corruption, which allows him, gives him like the jurisdiction how do you say that the power to um dig further and find and like realize that apparently this murder is just related to a much larger like scheme or web of mysteries (laughs) and people um involving the prosecution the police and even private individuals and private companies That's all I'll say about season one's plot. It's a murder mystery that goes deeper, apparently. There we go. So what's good about season one? First of all, Wang Shimok. Like, here we go. He's just so fascinating. Like, thinking about, you know, when we think about characters, we often think about, like, their motivations, their goals, their feelings. But how do you write a character with no desires because like a motivation involves desire right a goal has desires involved in it so if he has no desires because he does not feel any particular way towards anything what motivates him you know like are you really saying he has no motivations goals or feelings feelings yeah we are kind of on the side of yeah he doesn't feel much sure 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 but motivations and goals because he seems to be highly driven right like it's still so hard for me to grasp like what makes him tick you know what what makes him so determined to find the truth is it just so okay like here like, does he do it out of, like, anger or disgust over their actions? But then that would involve, like, him f- actively feeling anger and disgust. Like, that would involve him being, like, cognizant of that and really feeling it. And that's what drives him. But, like, does he do it to, you know, to change the world? Is that how lofty his ambitions and motivations and goals are? Like, I, I still can't, pin it down like what exactly makes him do what he does okay and like okay it's mentioned that he feels things slightly but like what's the extent of that slightly you know Uh, it's like sometimes sometimes he does have expression sometimes he 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 looks like he looks like he feels anger or surprise um, but but that's still linked like those are like more the more simple feelings for me like does he feel happiness like when he achieves things it seems like he doesn't care like when he's praised or when he's given opportunities or when he achieves something like it just seems like okay i did this he doesn't li- he doesn't care about the praise or the compliments or the opportunities it's just like yes i did that what I don't understand. I don't understand. Okay, another thing that I do not understand about Wang Shimok is like, okay, he knows how to navigate social norms. Like, I mean, despite the fact that he doesn't seem to care about them, like, he doesn't do it, you know, to please. Okay, here. Like, he he apologizes, he bows, he follows, you know, people's, Patterns, I guess, like how he pe- how he's expected to act, just for the sake of doing it, I guess, to blend in. Question mark. But he doesn't really do it to please others or to protect, to um, project an image of himself. Like, huh? He doesn't act in certain ways just to please others or and to or to manipulate them into doing what he wants or for his own benefit, for his own like ambitions for him to rise up or anything so he's not like a sociopath or whatever I just like once again I'm just throwing questions out here because that's how I feel about his character sometimes but not in a bad way not in an I don't get him because his character doesn't make sense it's just like as a person as an as a viewer I guess I navigate a character's like journey through their emotions Right? And their motivations and their goals, their internal journey. Yes, that's that's natural when you're watching something. But when a character explicitly has such limited, like, sense of empathy and emotions and has no desires and particular likes or dislikes, I guess. Like, how do you navigate that? How do you put that into words? <laughs> right? So, Wang Shi was just so fascinating for me you know and like as the conflict essentially revolves around his workplace and the people that he works with like this season really explores him and how he reacts to everything and how like the idea of him having no emotions or anything is, is challenged because yeah how do you react when you are unable to trust the people that you work with i just i don't know Once again, I am just throwing questions out there because I think Wang Shimok is just, he's just a brilliant character, you know? Like, you'd think, you'd think like, okay, so you made a character with no emotions. Okay, other people have done that, but they play it off as like, oh, he's just cold, but he secretly has a warm heart inside. It's like, mm, I mean, you could say that about Wang Shimok, but in general, he really just doesn't have emotions or does he (laughs) you know it's like it's just so fascinating I could go on but but let's not (laughs) let's not go on (laughs) okay so next great 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 thing about season one is just the pairing of course of Wang Shimok and Han Jin. like they are a perfect pair without the romance yes okay um like first they meet at the crime scene and then they naturally start investigating together like barely any you know fuss about it just okay whatever so I found this what did you find oh I found this okay um like the weird thing is that you know shimok being shimok and having no friends and no social skills and not caring about it. And you know, Yojin being like just the warm bubbly angel that she is. Um, like their personalities should not mesh this well together. But but Yojin is friendly and she's persistent about it, you know? Like it's not like she's the annoying type of friendly and persistent that she'll like, you know, worm her way into his life. No, it just kind of happened and the thing is like he doesn't treat her as a nuisance or anything like he doesn't seem to care like okay you exist but you are helpful to the investigation and okay actually that's wrong he doesn't even treat her like like he's using her or whatever like nothing like that it's just that you're okay as a person right like he just sees how they're always on the same page and like She's also, like, when they started unraveling more and more and realizing, like, this may be tied to the people we work with. So she asked, like, are you ready to do this? Like, to dig deep into corruption, even if it involves, like, both of our workplaces and the people we work with and our future in those institutions. And, like, the fact that she doesn't just, like, dissuade him or stop him. Like, she's the same as him. You know, it's like, there is a truth to be found out there. And it will put us in danger. Yes, sure. It will put um, the dignity of our work and of the people around us in danger. Yes. But there is a truth out there and someone has to find it. And it might as well be us. Right? I, oh. Like how do you just find someone like that? You know, it was just perfect for you <laughs> in various ways. Workwise, we'll we'll talk about the other side of that relationship when I'm <laughs> when when I'm ready for it. But but yeah, like when they actually started working together in the special investigation team, where Shimok like got prosecutors, like a lawyer, an independent lawyer, and then like some police people. Like it's. Yojin and a detective that she brought in, that she also trusts. It's like, you know, Shimok, when he was looking at the lineup of people in his office, like, he had some doubts about this person and that person and this person. But with Yojin, when she found out that he was digging into the people they worked with, I think I'm a lot happened in season one and two, so I'm not entirely sure about the details. But, like, yeah, when she found out that he was digging into other people's, other people in their team, she asked, like, so are you doubting me or something or should I be watching out for someone you know looking into me and he said no no you're the only one i don't i don't have to do that too something like that i don't i'm sure i got that line wrong perhaps i'll rewatch all their moments in season 1 just to find out but but yeah she is the only one that he completely trusts i swear to not be involved in any sort of like corruption special treatment politics whatever like han yojin is as straight as an arrow just like him and so that's why they're always on the same side like in a case where anyone can be the culprit and they've really doubted everyone (laughs) they're the only ones that they can fully trust and (laughs) what a perfect partnership You know, I just love them so much. But let's stop there. (laughs) Let's stop there. Okay, next thing to discuss in season one is the plot. Okay, so yeah, I mentioned it's just a murder mystery where things like fan out into more mysteries. And so you like, you uncover things slowly and you feel like you're either like right beside them as they figure things out or you're even one step ahead like you see into you know the perspectives of the people that are most suspicious at the time so like sometimes you have more information than shimok and yojin but it's okay that they don't figure it out right away because the information really is not available to them so like the murder mystery is at the forefront like the other connections being revealed are they're they're just being revealed as the murder mystery is being solved and so like every detail every detail is important really and each character has a role to play and so you doubt everyone the same way you know shimok doubts everyone But you also get attached to them. And okay, I'll just talk about the ones I got super attached to. Okay, first is Young Unsoo, played by Shin Yesun. So she's um a young prosecutor being trained by Shimok. And she she really looks up to him. And at some point she starts developing feelings for him, question mark. And it's like, why, girl? I mean, I I don't understand <laughs> Unsu he's clearly very much not emotionally available <laughs> why do you do this to yourself it's not going to happen you know Um, the thing is like Unsu is one of the first characters to get like oh so she has a deeper backstory she's not just the young prosecutor and so from the very beginning you kind of have this seed of doubt because she's the first person you start like suspecting you know the first person Shimok starts suspecting but at first I was annoyed by her because she wouldn't leave Wang Shimok alone. Like, she would always try to figure out, like, what's he doing? what is, What has he figured out? Like, it seemed... She just seemed so suspicious. But, you know, eventually, as it was obvious that she is not involved in the murder mystery, you know, you realize, like, in many ways, she just really wants to help the investigation team and Wang Shimok. Like, she was really hurt by the fact that she was not part of the investigation team. And I'm like girl, he's been doubting you for weeks, for like, since the beginning, so perhaps you were not entirely (laughs) the best candidate, because he would just keep doubting you more and more, so like, don't push it. But yeah, she just wants to help, right? In some ways, like, she was, essentially, she would got in trouble because of this murder case, because she handled it first, and things went wrong and people blamed her for something that happened and so essentially Shimok by finding the true culprit you know will clear her name and help her out and so yeah in some ways she wants to help because of that but she really wants to help because it's Shimok and I once again girl I get it but I don't (laughs) like why why are you doing this to yourself (laughs) but anyway yeah Onsu I love her watch out for her she's oh Onsu okay next character that i absolutely loved is so dong J, played by lee jun yuk if i could describe him i will describe him in a way that is very vivid so you will know exactly what kind of character he is he's a weasel you know (laughs) he's obviously suspicious He's always at the wrong place at the wrong time. Or the right place at the wrong time. Just, he's not supposed to be there. And, you know, he just gets himself in trouble. (laughs) And he thinks he's smart. But they're always smarter than him. And so he just, like, puts himself in a position where he should just probably shove his foot up his mouth. But he won't stop, like, doing things. You know, he's like a a chihuahua. You know, all bark, no bite. (laughs) Nothing he does. Actually hurts or impacts anything except getting himself into trouble and getting himself in a bad position. I mean, he's just very paranoid and he's always trying to save himself. But <laughs> despite all of that, I love Dong Jay so much. <laughs> because it's just like watching him get himself into terrible situations and being like, you know, Dong Jay, if you just shut up for like 10 minutes you would not have had to deal with this. But because you're stupid, this you're going to have to deal with the consequences of your actions. Oh, he's just... Oh, he's so funny. I love Dong Like I love to hate him, you know? He's the type that you, you love to hate, but really, you do love, right? And it helps that he's just a beautiful man. <laughs> I love Lee Jojook, he's so cute. so once again I said the other characters are great I swear they're so great but these are just my two like favorite supporting people who I can talk about without spoiling everything because the others like I do love you but the way I love you is related to the actual story so I can't um here's my advice trust no one and love everyone or hate everyone I don't know I just have feelings for them. Get attached to them. And then we'll see what happens to your faves. Um, yeah. Just that kind of show where, like, people's actions have consequences. And so not everyone has plot armor here, okay? Just saying. Um, despite all the good, there is some... There are some... Well, there is. There. I only made one point here. There's one, like, something that I just didn't entirely love about this first season in which... I felt like, as I was, you know, thinking of what to say about Shimok and Yojin, I felt like I couldn't describe Han Yojin as well as I could describe Wang Shimok, at least in season one at the very, very beginning of the show, because I feel like season one really explores his story more, and like the conflict is heavily focused on on Wang Shimok's world, and so Yojin, like I'm not saying she's an underdeveloped character that she's you know just an accessory that Wang Shimok is the real protagonist no 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 no. that's a disservice to her and like that's what my that's what I feared also like I feared that I was um doing a disservice to Han Yojin's character but genuinely at the start of the show I feel like it was really Wang Shimok's world here and so she was just she was the other perspective and she was the one who helped him like get out of his no not get out of his shell but like she was the one person he could trust like she was his sounding board they were each other's sounding board and they were you know figuring things out in their own worlds and coming together and figuring this mystery out together but in terms of like characterization and the connection to the plot and to the mystery like it's Wang Shimok's world so that was my kind of not criticism but i guess just comment on the first season so now we talk about the second season um the plot is that three years after the events of season one like the issue of investigative rights belonging to either the prosecutors or the police is like a hot issue if you ask me to describe investigative rights i will not (laughs) uh i think it involves like Uh, requesting the warrant, like, who gets to request the warrant from the judges, like, who gets to uh, say that a case should be investigated further or that a case is closed, like, things like that. I am really not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, uh, in general, people have been losing trust in the prosecution, especially after, like, the incidents from season one because it did really go deep into the prosecution. Um, but the prosecutors need to maintain their power and so the prosecutors need to maintain their power the police need to convince people that they should have the power it's just it's messy okay and so they form a council with like several members of the prosecution several policemen and then they essentially you know dig on each other (laughs) and try to discredit the other and say you're corrupt no you're corrupt you messed this up Okay, in an attempt to, like, find evidence against, like, the opposing side, both camps, like, bring up old cases and old, like, incidents. And, you know, it's their mistake. They decided, like, let's try to bring up old things to use against the other camp. And now, you know, Wang Shimok and Han Yojin like, of course, they're part of that council you know, they can't help themselves. They have to investigate, right? And they have to unravel a new web of mysteries just to find something against each other. But, once again, they can't work together as freely as they did before because now they're on opposing sides, you know? And each side is trying to frame the other as the one at fault in these cases that they're digging up. But the truth is they're both at fault they're both corrupt <laughs> they're both broken systems um but but yeah that's that's the main conflict of this season it's prosecution versus police um yeah here's the good stuff about season two like in terms of the plot you know it, yeah it still involves another it still involves like figuring out a mystery right or, and so instead of doing another like who it, it starts with the police versus prosecutors and like the mystery comes as a result of that initial conflict or that agenda and the thing is the agenda itself affects the investigation because they're not just like at least in the people that Shimok and Yojin are working it with Um, they're not just trying to find the truth no they're f- trying to find a truth that um will point to the other camp being the one at fault or not um, not deserving essentially the sole investigative rights, and so you're not yeah, they're not trying to find the truth, they're trying to find something to use against each other, and so you know Shivo, how will they deal with that? um another great thing about the plot is that you know corruption and like special treatment and all the things that they tried to address in season one, it still plays a part because despite you know the big revelations at the end of season one society still is not perfect like that corruption is still deep 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 into society and they can't just solve that with one big expose you know um yeah yeah it just ties a lot of things together and it's not just another simple murder mystery so now that the season like involves you know the police and the prosecution and not just mostly the prosecution now we get to focus more on han yojin and so yojin kind of changed slightly over the years like because of the event of season one like she was promoted and now she doesn't work in the field as a detective she works in police administration <laughs> I think that's the term for it um and she's a little more caught up in the politics of what they're doing okay, I remember this iconic scene in episode 12 of <laughs> Season two, um, where they had this council meeting, right, with the police and the prosecutors, and they were just digging on each other and like trying to bring up evidence against each other. And then, you know, um, Shimok, after it, they were going somewhere together. Uh, Shimok said, like, you know, despite everything that we were saying a while ago, like, (laughs) you know, a while ago, we were fighting as enemies, and now we're working together again. It's just weird. Uh, and then Shimok said, you know, it's not like I don't trust the police. And Yojin said, and, and it's not like if we get sole investigative rights, everything will be solved right away. And so, you know, Shimok asked, why didn't you say that earlier when we were having the meeting? And then Yojin said, um, it wasn't the time to say that or some things should be said later something like that. And then Shimok said, you weren't the kind of person to postpone things. Um, and the thing is, like, I, I love, like, the silence that followed that in Yojin's side. Because, you know, it's not like he's saying, like, oh, you're, you're a different person now. You're eaten by the system. You're not the same objective, you know, truth-driven person that I trusted years ago. It's not like that. It wasn't accusatory of by any means. It's just that she's in a whole different world. It's like back then as a detective all she had to focus on was whatever case she was working on but now since she's in police administration and she's part of this reformation um uh, department and this committee like the words she says like it will affect the entire police system right she can't be careless with her words and actions and so like, unlike Shimok, you know, <laughs> who is just completely 100% does not care about that, those social norms and whatever. It's like, in some ways, Yojin does care about the police, like, the, the system that she works in. She cares about her boss and, and all that. And so she has to be careful because, like, she does, in some ways, just want, she just wants to do her job. I don't know how to explain that. It's I'm once again I'm just I'm not saying she's a corrupt person that she only cares about politics or whatever. It's just that she has to care now. You know, you can't be she can't be naive about this. In some ways she has to trust that, you know, <laughs> that that getting investigative rights will be good for them somehow. But when it does come to like the murder mystery aspect like she does still want to find the truth but in that council meeting in a game of politics she has to play politics another great like development is how um yojin found a mentor in Choi bit played by John Yejin, Jin who is um her current boss in the reformation department council whatever uh, and like Troybit bit is one of the few women in such a high position among the police and so yeah like it like that's why she has to care about things that she's saying about the politics of it all because she does work closely with you know the the mentor type person that she found um you know in general like the story involves the police more which is great because now her world is explored more at least compared to how it was explored in season one and the question is like you know Shimok wouldn't change that much right despite the time passing despite working with new people and all the things that happened in season one like he's still kind of the way he is but how was Yojin affected by all the changes around her you know once again, she's not a terrible person. She still holds on to, you know, that optimism and like, the uprightness of it all and wanting to find the truth. But everything around her changed. Even where she is, it changed. So how, does, how will she adapt to those changes? Like She's still a good, warm, upright person, but she can't help but be affected by her position and the responsibility that comes with it i just i just love that i loved how yojin we just went deeper into her character without completely ruining her character without saying like she's gonna be a completely different person like no she can still be the way she is but she has to adapt i just love that um, another character I loved is as I mentioned um, Choi Bit played by John Ye Jin so she's um, the deputy chief of the National Intelligence Service right and so like at first you get really annoyed by Choi Bit because she's so heavily involved in like the media play to ruin the prosecutors and convince like the public that the police should have sole investigative rights like oh, she's so manipulative, right? And at some point, I really hated her because I felt like everything she did, everything the police did, she would always say like, hmm, how can we spin this to make the prosecutors look bad? And it's just like, why can't you just report, you know, objectively? Why can't you just report what happened? Why do you have to find a way to spin it against the prosecutors? However, it's her job. It's what she has to do. And she's made it this far by... By doing her job well, you know? And the thing is, even if you think she's manipulative or whatever, it's like, you know, she earns genuine respect from Han Yojin. Like Yojin really, really respects her and looks up to her. But will that respect like taint, you know, Yojin's like righteousness and her her dedication to the truth? Like, I don't know. That's that's also something we have to explore in season two um there are quite a few like new characters but it's also interesting to observe like the changes in the characters who um stayed from season one to season two that's that's what's most interesting for me but that would involve telling you who who stays and who leaves and thus we shall move on so now for the not so good parts of season two well first Though I did say there are a lot of new characters and they're they're pretty good. They're interesting. I just, in general, felt less attached to the new characters the way I was attached to like everyone in season one. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, I'm not saying the new characters were bad. It's just my feelings for season one in general. I guess it's more sentimental because you've been with them longer, I guess, or people seemed closer back then because um at least in season two people were just kind of put together for the sake of the council or for this committee and so it just feels like there's less of there's less history between them among them all of them except for the the ones from season one and all so yeah maybe that's why i personally felt less attached to the new characters so here is i guess the common criticism of season two um it's a lot more complicated than the first season okay and it's um they pull up a lot of past cases and then they try to tie them together like for some reason they do end up tied up together and then there's a new mystery to be solved and you you know get culprits from each of those cases because there is a possibility that they're all related to this new case and then um actually like once again remember the forefront the most important conflict is that this is police versus prosecutors and so you know they're still finding like ways to frame that into their agenda or the other's agenda it's a lot messier and so in some ways it is less gripping than the first season because the first season was just a straightforward who done it, and then like the other mysteries that are somehow uncovered are still tied to that first murder so i get it i get why people are saying that you know season one was better because it was just tighter okay i respect that but in defense of season two first of all for those who were just very like confused and so you're saying that if you're so confused that means the mystery itself was not tight enough in my like opinion in my perspective as a viewer at the time for me it's okay to be lost in a mystery because like you're discovering things alongside the main two like in season one it felt like yes either we were discovering things along with them or somehow we had a view into the perspective of who they were suspecting at the time or whatever was going on behind the scenes like in some ways, you we were kind of one step ahead of them. But in this uh, season, like, there were really times when I, as a viewer, felt as helpless as they felt. It's like, I genuinely have no idea what's going to happen, what's going to turn up next, who to suspect, where to start looking. And so... Like, it would be more annoying, right? If we kind of had this idea of where they were supposed to go or what was going on, but they just couldn't connect the dots. Like, how stupid are you two, (laughs) right? That you can't figure it out. Like, it would be more annoying if the answer were so obvious, so telegraphed, but they were just being stupid, right? And so I was okay with being confused because to me, a true mystery (laughs) involves confusion and feeling lost but when they did discover things when things did uncover it it made sense and i think the plot was still going along it's just that sometimes they were in circles because that's how an investigation is sometimes sometimes you do go in circles around this certain piece of evidence without knowing if it's really relevant to the truth or not that's what this was about another like in defense of season two um, like some people say it's less tight because you know there wasn't like a clear message I guess of what was going on and why it had to go on and I think no here's the thing the lesson isn't just revealed with the truth itself like with the truth of who done it or what was their what were their motivations and all of that like mm, <clears throat> the thing is the lesson, it's it's um, it's um the journey, not the destination. <laughs> the lesson is seen how the investigation itself was conducted, not in the answer, in the truth that they found. Do you get my point? I feel like if you watch season two, you'll understand it. If you watch it with that perspective, like what matters is the journey, not the destination. What matters is, you know how they were able to come up with that truth and what prevented them, what helped them and what prevented them from finding the answer instead of like the actual answer itself. Try watching it with that perspective and you'll appreciate what season two is trying to say about their main conflict, about this police versus prosecutors thing. Because, you know what? Okay, I'll just spoil it. Like, their own agendas, like, their desire to frame the other as the culprit or to, you know, ruin the other, the other institution's reputation, that in itself affects the investigation. And so, as much as Shimok and Yojin want to try to be, like, completely objective and just find the truth, they can't help that they were first tasked to investigate this or to look at this by their individual bosses who, you know, implicitly are trying to say, Shimok, find a way to frame the police. Yojin, find a way to frame the prosecutors or find a way to make it seem like this was their fault, not ours. Right? So you can't help that the what initiates their investigations is a certain agenda that that is the that's the theme that's the message of the show that as much as you want to try to be objective to just find the truth you can't help that agendas get in the way of the truth and sometimes that is a hindrance to the truth there we go okay so here are just my general thoughts about why this show both seasons it's just worth watching it's just one of the best K dramas out there that's all i gotta say it's it's one of the best of the best i i have i don't know how to explain it it's just i mean if you're looking at for a you know exquisite plot that's the right amount of you know simple but also complex it does have a message in it somehow the characters are good the acting is fantastic like it's great it's a good crime mystery and they're like genuinely shocking plot twins twists That makes sense. Like, it's not just a plot twist for the sake of a plot twist. Like, you know, a makjang. You know, those those excessive, like, K-dramas that are kinda crazy and they don't make sense. Like, it's not like that. Okay? There are some plot twists that make sense that aren't completely telegraphed, you know, (laughs) episodes ago. Like, in some ways, you already have someone that you're doubting, but you just don't know how to prove it. Same as Shimok like, they have their suspects, they have their suspicions, but they just can't prove it yet, same as you, and so that's what you're all trying to uncover, and that's just, oh, it's so good, it's so, so, so good. Next, the acting is top-notch. I mean, I could say this for, like, essentially everyone here, but I really have to give a special shout-out to Cho Wu, who, by the way, won the Best Actor in the Big Sang Art Awards for a role that supposedly has no feelings. You know, usually the winners there are like, you know, the the dramatic ones, the, the the ones that are good at portraying a range of emotions. I know, I know, I respect those actors as well to be able to portray a convincing emotional um performance. But Chosung Wu portrayed a convincing, non-emotional role. Literally no emotional, no emotions in a role. So like, as an actor, right? When you get that script, when you get that description, how do you portray that? How do you internalize those thoughts? Just thoughts, not feelings, okay? Just those thoughts and express them when they're not tied to emotions. Because an actor, you know, if you're you're told to cry, to be sad and to cry, cry. If you're told to feel angry and shout, shout. How do you constantly express nothing and still somehow get like the nuances of whatever slight emotion Wang Shimok could be feeling? Like, (laughs) okay, with his relationship with Han Yojin. Once again, it's not yet. (laughs) It's not yet romantic. I mean, it's purely platonic. It's purely a good partnership, okay? Just built on trust and everything. And And yet, in some ways, he is able to show concern for her without like looking at her with wide eyes or with softness and his you know it's like just with a simple tilt of his head with like a furrow of his brow he's able to show that he is concerned about Han Yeojin in this moment or that you know he is um he is angry at Unsu for for being <laughs> delusional no for you know for just acting irrationally it, because because she wants to help the investigation or something like that. Like, he's so good at, you know, all the slight emotions. And, mm, you know, <laughs> Cho Sung the man, the myth, the legend himself, he really is when he has to show emotions, though. Because, like, that's, that must mean that for Wang Shimok, it must be so intense by now. He must be feeling something so strong that he has to show that emotion. Cho Sung does that so well. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Like when he goes through, you know, like uh, both seasons, he had just like the one big breakdown. (laughs) And then he was like, emotions, but not in like suddenly he unlocks all his feelings. It's just like he somehow is less put together as he used to be. And now he is willing to, you know, express a little bit more, sometimes a lot more, but still in like, just one bursts of emotions, and then he, you know, tries to reel him, reel himself back into his usual self. Mm, it's just fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff, Wu. You madman! Cannot believe you pulled Wang Shimok off. Really, it's. I cannot think of another character, another actor. I'm sorry, who could pull Wang Shimok off there? And my favorite expression on Wang Shimok's expressionless face is his smile (laughs) like the smallest slightest smile but only for han (laughs) yojin all right folks here we go wang han wang han wang shimok han yojin wang han platonic soulmates this is the hill i will die on i (laughs) i love them so much as platonic soulmates Mm. (laughs) it's like oh you know how Yojin like draws, right? And she's not good at it, but she does it for fun. She does it because she wants to, okay? And the cutest thing is, like, when they weren't even super close yet, it was just Yojin being her Yo, herself and you know, Shimok accepting her as as she is. Like sometimes she would catch him like making slight expressions, like when he's slightly annoyed, or you know, his his tiny, tiny smiles. Like she was like, Oh, look at your face. And then she just draws him. And then she gives. She gives the drawing to him as a gift, um, and the cute, cute, cute thing is that one time, like something happened in Shimok's apartment, uh, and then like the police had to investigate something there, uh, and so like sh- he asked, um, he asked Yojin to come in and get the evidence and all, and then you know as she was looking around, she saw on his desk that you know he kept her drawings, all of it there, and then she just like smiles at it. And then she goes on. And I'm just like, oh my god. You guys are so cute. I can't do this. I I cannot. I cannot. It's just, season one was just, like, the very, you know, the odd energy of two people finding each other. And just, like, for some reason, they already trust each other. Like, they already know that you are the kind of person I can trust. I love that. And in season two, we have, you know, modern-day Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding it's like the funny thing is that i think in season two they were really like pushing it more but not pushing it in a you know romantic way and just like like literally the other characters are just like wondering what's going on with them and asking like, is there something is there something we should know about you two <laughs> because like for some reason they're either always together or they're always sharing information to each other and Like, not always, because, you know, of course, as prosecutors versus police, they do have to keep some things to themselves, but when it's just the two of them, it's like, they do share information with each other, especially if it's related to the case, because, you know, they can't help it. It's like, they only really trust the other person. Like, okay, here, here, a specific incident, um... Yojin, the police found this certain evidence in a photo that they all received. Both parties were able to receive the photo from a culprit, from the culprit, right? And so, um they ran it through forensics and then police found evidence that this could be um from the police. so this could be their fault, so they of course kept that hidden um, and so while the council of prosecutors versus police were meeting, they were digging on each other and all that, like there was evidence like they had a feeling, Shimok had a feeling that there was something that, you know, the police were keeping from them. Of course, the police wouldn't tell them that, hey, we've kind of found evidence that maybe points this to the police. So, of course, they wouldn't say that. And so, no one mentioned that to Shimok or to the other prosecutors. But, you know, after the meeting, after an incident had happened, Yojin just, just showed it to him. Just voluntarily showed it to him. Like, you know what? Here we go. Here, here's the picture. I'm not hiding anything from you. And, I just love that. It's like, even if we are on opposing sides, this is something that could help us find the truth. And so, in that sense, we will always be allies. Mm, you know? Oh, I just love them so much. Um, It's just... You know how in Western shows, there's always this, like, will they or won't they energy? It's like, oh, they start out as, like, platonic, or they start out as... uh workmates office mates or whatever and you're just like nah nothing's gonna happen there or will it you know yeah that those are my feelings for <laughs> for Wang Han it's like I'll be okay if they're forever platonic because it's just the most adorable relationship like Wang Shi Mok to me and perhaps also to Han yo it's, like it's like a puppy, you know, like a child. It just like those little moments when, you know, when Shimok, like, despite his navigation of the social world, the social norms of everything, sometimes he just doesn't know how to act. And so you just genuinely see, like, the confusion in his face. <laughs> and, and you just want to baby him. And sometimes I feel like that's what Han yo feels for him. It's just like, oh, it's a poor child who doesn't know how to express himself. <laughs> so yes, once again, I'm okay with them being platonic because they're just so cute. But I will also be happy if they're romantic. I'll just put it out there. I I'm I'm not mad at it. I I won't be mad either way. As long as they continue being the adorable pair that they are, I'll be happy. So there. Those are my feelings <laughs> for a Stranger. I have many feelings. Um you know what? This show is a must-watch. It's a must-watch. You must watch it, okay? Just, just stick to it. Just give it a chance. Just try to, you know, go with the flow of what's happening and try to keep track of things because it does get confusing. But just watch it and stick to it and trust the writer. Try watching it with someone else because, yeah, it might be difficult to keep up with at some point and you may feel bored, but and like it's okay just stick to it I swear personally before I even finished season two I already wanted season three but then we might have to wait another you know two to three years for it you know Cho and Ba now will be old but I'm kidding they joke about their age together okay they're good they're the best um the, you know in two to three years they're gonna be back together in Seoul, like, you know, Wang Shimok was transferred somewhere else, but he stopped by Seoul, and then he, you know, stumbled upon another murder mystery, and then he has to stay in Seoul and figure it out, but, you know, it's okay. Hanyojin is also somehow linked to this, the police is somehow part of this, of course, and so... Magically, Han Jin will find a way to be involved in the case and they'll work together. And I'll be fine if they do that once again for the third season in a row. I mean, I literally do not care. But it, it's okay. You know, the thing with with season one versus two is that they kind of did, you know, a murder mystery for both of them. But they found a way to change up the plot a little bit. And change up, like, the message of the show and how they came about it and how they explored that murder mystery so i think they can try it again i think they can find another way to do it again for the third season and i will still be happy as long as there is a third season and i get to see them at least at least the third season just one last time with these two and then i'm good i swear i'm good one happy ending which can be platonic or romantic once again i told you i'm not complaining <laughs> yeah that's it that's that's all you're getting from me today from stranger i just love the show so much thank you for tuning in i know this was a lot and i know as much as i wanted to spoil and tell you everything i cannot because i'm under the assumption that you haven't watched this yet so i i hope this is enough to convince you to watch and for those who watched Thank you for still listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, Just me gushing about Wang Han probably. (laughs) But yeah, thank you all for tuning in. And I'll see you soon.